Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. All right, good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us again today. I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. This is Good Morning New York Real Estate and I am Vince Rocco. On our show today, New York City is a resilient city, a vibrant community of diversity and strength. We have overcome many tragedies and obstacles that have shaped the fabric of our neighborhoods. COVID-19, though, has changed the way we do things, and it has not changed, but it has not changed who we are. How will we go forward with our businesses and our lives? Also today, special guest Devin Somak is Living New York's co-founder and principal responsible for overseeing the firm's daily operations and leader of an innovative team of 100-plus agents across four offices. As a luxury boutique agency, Living New York has sold over $1 billion of real estate, representing buyers, sellers, developers, investor groups, and bulk transactions. We're going to talk to Devin uh, this hour. All this and so much more as Good Morning New York gets underway on this Tuesday morning. We are live from New York City and other parts of our fabulous country. In the news this morning, New Jersey is extending its public health emergency over the coronavirus pandemic for another 30 days. Governor Phil Murphy announced that last Wednesday. Murphy signed an executive order that will keep the declaration in place through at least June 6th. Behind, uh, but behind, being behind New York, rather, uh, with infections and deaths, the state is still being hit hard and is becoming worrisome to its executives. Meanwhile, in New York State, Utica, Rochester, and Binghamton have been cleared by Governor Andrew Cuomo to start their relaunch after the coronavirus attacks up north. Some regions are ready to go, he said. Uh, briefing, uh, he said in a briefing yesterday in Rochester, they just need to get some logistical pieces in order by the end of the week. Though the statewide pause shutdown order has functionally been extended through at least June 7th for regions still battling the bug, it officially will expire this Friday, the 15th of May. Uh, On those facts, hard-hit New York City remains the furthest of the 10 state-designated regions from reopening, having not met the seven statistical metrics as of yesterday. Only 29% of the city's overall hospital beds and 24% of its ICU beds sit unoccupied each short of the 30% threshold for reopening. But Mayor de Blasio voiced optimism during his own press briefing yesterday that New York might be able to begin its reopening in the next month or two. Sadly, most new COVID-19 infections and hospitalizations in New York City are from people who are staying home and not venturing to work. This was a shocking finding by the governor. Even as people stay at home, they are regularly going out in crowds without masks and helping to spread the virus, the new cases, are not coming from essential workers leaving their homes daily to head to work on either subway trains or buses. For New York City residents, the key to reopening is containing the virus, and that will take a vast infrastructure of testing and contact tracing, unlike anything the United States has ever seen. Uh, This according to public health experts, so please stay home. All right, moving forward, in early February, 2020 was shaping up to be a stellar year for real estate, but despite a stubborn inventory shortage, the housing market ramped up strongly. Then the COVID-19 pandemic escalated in New York City and the landscape for real estate drastically changed along with life as we knew it. But despite the unprecedented impact of the virus, the world and our city pivoted and businesses found a new way to operate and persevere, turning technology, uh, turning to technology rather, in a way that we had never done before. According to the International Business Times, the now omnipresent video conferencing platform Zoom reported a 2,000% increase by mid-March. And as the uh, masses began working from home, Microsoft reported a 775% increase in the use of its cloud services, such as Windows Virtual Desktop. Social media usage also skyrocketed in the wake of the coronavirus, emerging as a vehicle for accessing accessing, uh, information and connecting while under stay-at-home restrictions. In March, Facebook reported a 50% increase in total messaging, according to research by marketing firms. 66% of consumers expected their social media usage to increase during coronavirus confinement, and agents are using social media to cultivate business virtually. So while the world has already uh, was already deepening in its relationship with technology and social media, the COVID-19 pandemic has vaulted usage to new levels. Not surprisingly, real estate leaders 
are at the forefront of the evolution. On today's show, we're going to talk about how we will move forward in our businesses and in our personal lives. Where are all the deals happening? How much negotiation does it take these days to make a deal happen? Uh, Buyer contingencies have been pushed, but for how long? And do sellers actually get it now? Good question. With us today, as I said, is Devin Somak. He is Living New York, uh, New York's co-founder and principal. He's responsible for overseeing the firm's daily operations, as well as uh, lead a team of an innovative age, a team of 100 plus agents across four offices. As a luxury boutique agency, Living New York has sold over one billion dollars worth of real estate, representing buyers, sellers, developers, investor groups, and bulk sales transactions. Through Devin's tactical efforts, Living New York has become one of the industry leaders uh, in exclusive landlord representation. To date, they represent over 400 buildings, 10,000 plus units, and new development projects for some of the city's most reputable uh, landlords. Devin is frequently featured in publications such as The Real Deal, Curb, The New York Times, The New York Post, and Real Estate Weekly. He is a member of the Real Estate Board of New York and is a graduate of the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. Devin, wow, what a resume. Thank you for joining us this morning, and um, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Excited to be on. You're welcome. So listen, I'm interested uh, and intrigued with your company. So as a New York City real estate agent and owner of your firm, you've been designated as an essential business, as we all have been. Even though our activities have been severely limited, uh, our industry is a large part in the flow and activity of the New York City economy in, in normal times. How are you planning with your with your peers to reopen your firm when we are given the green light in the next month or two? So that's a great question. Um, you know, uniquely enough, our firm is also a dual agency in that we also have a management business. So we have, in, in generally, in the past, we've had a lot of staff in addition to agents in the office. So you know, when we when we open back up or partially open back up, we really have to proceed with extra caution. So what our team has developed has been a uh, return to work planning guide. It's basically, basically like an, an outline work action plan for both the agents and staff uh, with an internal response team that have designated roles. So, you know, there's a communication lead, a sanitation lead, a prevention and protocol lead, a team lead. Um, so the infrastructure is built to ensure safety, uh, but we've also made, you know, workplace modifications. So our office is currently set up as an open pit. Uh, so we've placed uh, partitions and we're having agents sit at every other desk. We've closed a lot of the common areas to create more distancing and also converted some of those areas like meeting rooms into additional office space. Um, you know, we've banned in-person meetings. Um, we're gonna have employee scheduling. So basically we need to enforce crowd control. So we'll be limiting the amount of people in the office and a team lead will be spons- uh, responsible for, for modeling this. Um, hey, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and then of course, we're, we're going to need to be, you know, keeping a very clean uh, workplace. So, you know, everyone's going to be needing to wear the proper PPE. We'll be having kits in the office uh, and a rigorous sanitation procedure in place. Have any of these, uh, that sounds unbelievable, and it sounds very close to what uh, our firm, Halstead, is uh, uh, planning uh, behind the scenes these days, Uh, but uh, have any of these guidelines come down to you all from the Real Estate Board of New York, or is this something that just you guys uh, are thinking about for your firm? We've been thinking about it. Um, You know, a lot of the concern was actually originally coming from our our management arm because the management staff is in every day, right? Our our property managers, our county, um, you know, so our maintenance staff. So we really had to recreate our, our, uh, you know, our office space and get creative with it because agents are tend to be very transient in use of office space. um, But the, the staff were there every day. So we really had to put a lot of focus into it. With all of that said, my, my question really is, so as you get back to work under these new guidelines, under these new conditions, et cetera, what do you think is going to be the biggest issue facing, you know, your agents, um, you know, and what, in your opinion, is going to be the new norm? I mean, we all know that we're going to get back to work hopefully sooner than later, uh, and we're going to find business out there because, you know, business can only be sitting on the shelf for so long. 
But with that said, I think, you know, the new norm is going to be something that maybe we are not aware of or that's going to take us time to acclimate to. What do you think some of the biggest issues are going to be for agents to get to that point or to even understand? And that's a great question. But, you know, I also think what a a big issue for agents that I don't think is being talked about enough is agents getting back into the rhythm of sales. Yeah. You know, like exercising, once you stop doing it, it's hard to pick back up. And I think, and I think this is especially true in sales, which is why I think it's critical for agents to continue to work every day. You know, I, I really encourage the team to develop a routine and stick to it. Agents are usually, you know, accustomed to working seven days a week. uh, And this is a big adjustment for them And to turn it just back on might not be that easy. So I think active engagement right now is really important. And that's what I'm very curious to see is how, you know, agents return in their work ethic once things turn, turn around. Um, But yeah, it's going to be a big adjustment. I mean, you know, from a marketing standpoint, virtual tours, video tours, you know, that approach is going to be in place for a very long time. You know, you know, as far as showing and the safety precautions that are instilled there, I think that's common sense that, you know, that's going to need to be in place for a very long time. Uh, No in-person meetings, no shaking hands, uh, you know, one person in an apartment at a time. You know, it's going to be a very slow and gradual process uh, for agents to adjust. But um, I think this time during this whole period, it's it's shown that agents have adapted quickly uh, to, to the changing of the environment and have been closing deals. All right, listen, we have to take a break. Uh, Good Morning New York is just getting underway on this Tuesday morning. We're coming right back with Devin and the rest of the panel right after these messages, so please don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Hi, this is James Nelson. I'm a huge fan of Vince's show, and I'd like to invite you all now to listen to my show on the Voice America Network, Real Estate Investing, live from New York. I will teach you everything you need to know about investing and operating commercial real estate. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of TV and radio shows that deal with investing in the stock market, and yet almost none that cover exclusively commercial real estate. This is not a get-rich-quick or how-to-flip-home shows. I will teach you step-by-step how to source, acquire, improve, and profit from commercial real estate. Please tune in live to the Voice America Business Channel every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Thank you. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We are all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll free in North America at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. Everybody, we are back with this panel, and Demon Somak is uh, joining us uh, from New York Living. So, uh, Living New York, excuse me. Uh, so, Devin, quick question. How many deals are you seeing today, you know, in your agent pool that are in jeopardy? And, you know, how are your agents resolving them? Yeah. I, I think initially, uh, you know, back in, in March, uh, early April, you know, we saw a lot of the deals in the process of, of closing or close to were, were impacted. <laughs> Um, but since then, we've seen very few deals that have been impacted, and it's been very impressive by the creativity and the effort that you know the agents have made to help their clients and see these deals through. 
Um, but, um, you know, it has been a challenge for a lot of the deals because, you know, buyers may want to retrade or their, you know, their personal financial situation or employment status has changed. Yeah, I've been involved in probably the longest deal of my life started in December. And here we are, I don't even know what it's like, May 12th, wow. and we're still waiting for financing. And, you know, you talk about the, uh, the, the, the what is it, um, the deal of the year, revenue deal of the year, this goes far beyond deal of the year, it's not even worth writing it up. But look, this is the new norm as far as you know, what I can see in in my business. But yet again, two weeks ago, I think it was, I did a rental in one of my new condo buildings, sight unseen. So I don't even know what to expect on a daily basis. I mean, you know, things just are what they are. What do you think the inventory is going to look like in the future post uh, COVID, uh, Devin? I mean, what do you think uh, that inventory, we know how we started, kind of like not a lot of inventory, but yet a very robust interest in what was out there. What is that inventory going to look like now? More units or less? Obviously, it's impossible to predict, um, but I think the sellers, the only sellers that will be listing apartments will be those that need to sell, right? That are going to be in a position where, you know, they, they feel in a necessity to sell. Otherwise, they're going to wait and see. You know, it's not the time to be testing the market. And a lot of buyers out there are going to be opportunists trying to find, you know, the best value or, you know, uh, quote unquote, uh, skill, right? So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear that. Um, what's a, any of you, you know, question is, you know, this constant conversation of people flocking to the suburbs, leaving the cities, uh, selling their apartments and moving into their country homes or buying country homes. What is the feeling out there in conversations you may be having with your, with your client base? Anybody expressing interest in doing that? I think absolutely. I was going to say, I think for the first time in a while, we're going to see a really wide pool of people doing different things as opposed to in the past where it was either a hot buyer's market or a hot seller's market. I think you're going to see a bunch of people move to the suburbs, you know, who will come back, I believe, after time goes by. <laughs> I think you're going to see, you know, some people who have to sell, some people who really want to buy and stay in the city. I think you're going to see people who need to buy, some who are just opportunistic. I think you're like going to be across the board. I agree, completely agree. I have and um, you guys a number of people that are that are looking into leaving the city, but I also remember I started just before 9/11 and I remember back then everyone was, you know, rearranging their plans because of fear and all of that in 2008 and Hurricane Sandy and all of that. People people panic and their, their plans psychologically take a shift. And then once everything kind of settles down, everyone kind of comes back to normal. This is different because we don't really know when it's gonna be over. Um, but I've got, okay. I've got people that are looking to sell and, and move to the suburbs. Luckily, I've got some great referral sources out in the, in the burbs. Um, and I've got people that were supposed to be moving into the city from the suburbs, empty nesters, that are now still planning on doing that. And these are empty nesters. They're kind of in that age group that are a little bit concerned um, and they're still planning on doing it. So it's yeah, kind of, I, it, it, I agree I, with I think, that. I think it's a lot of noise also. I mean, I think, and I, and I remember back to the 9-11 days, but you know, I, I, I don't think, by, the only thing Anna said that, not it all makes sense, but I think the one thing that I would the only on, thing, Vince. No, 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 no. The only thing that <laughs> I, no, no, no. The, I meant to say the only thing I think that people would you know think about you know more seriously in making a decision here is we really don't know when this is over, and they keep coming back to you know a second wave, a third wave, whatever. But you know what? I think people who live in New York City need to live there, have to live there, are going to live there. You had a pocket of people who ran to the Hamptons and the and the Catskills. It's all noise. It's it's a lot of people. But, completely but, agree. But slowly, but slowly they came back, though, which I think is the point. Some stayed, but most people came back. So I don't think you're going to see what a lot of people have been talking about, a mass exodus. I think you're going to see some change, but that's it. But that no, is normal. And to that point, I've got a client I was on the phone with just last night that she has a rental in the city in Gramercy. She has a place out in the Hamptons. She's asked me um, to help her with her landlord to sublet yeah. her apartment for a year. Yeah. She is planning on coming back to the city, but not for a year. She's already making that call. 
Yeah. And I'm having a yeah. number of other people, um, you know, I'm a Florida broker. So a lot of people are talking to me about opportunities here in Miami. Things are definitely a little more open. We're still sheltered in place, but things are open and things are less expensive and there are a ton of deals here. So yes, people are leaving, but I don't think it will be a permanent thing. Yeah. Hey, Vince, I, I, I definitely, on, yeah. That, uh, on that part, I say, so I, <clears throat> I agree. It's not going to be a permanent thing. New York City is amazing. And I can't wait to see how like the new form it's going to take. Yeah. However, I will say, that there's one big difference that is a little a little disappointing to me, I guess, um, but I understand it. And that is, you know, after 9-11, there was fear, but you walked around the streets and people were just hugging strangers. I mean, it was like sure. this unbelievable yeah. sense of we're all in this together. That's this true, is the so. opposite. This is the opposite. For people who live in the city, I'm, really I've been point. here the whole time. Um, and there are people that, I mean, they you come down the street and they're running the other way. You don't, you don't have a mask on, they're yelling at you. They give you a dirty um, look, yeah. Yeah, so again, I, I can't wait to see how it's going to change. I love New York City with every bone in my body, and I know it's going to be amazing, and I think it's going to be fine for brokers because transition's always good for brokers, yeah. but it is a little bit of a difference, and it is going to be a little longer to get back to kind of normal, and there will be a new normal. I hate to say this time is different. It is going to be a little different this time. There's there's true fear that some people have, especially like the 60 and older, 65 and older. That fear may be with them for a very long time. Well, and you I know think, what, Phil? I think now so, is Phil. when we all need hugs more than ever. Indeed. We should be hugging strangers now, even though I can't. Jordan. <laughs> exactly. Virtual hug. Virtual hug. Right? I think to Phil's point, though, the difference is that this is sort of 9-11 and the financial crisis combined. Because the you world. have a severe economic event, and then you also have fear combined with it. And yeah. we, we have the highest urban density in the United States, and this will affect every major urban area. But I think to say we know what's going to happen is, I mean, we can hope, but frankly, it's going to be a completely irrational market and sort of to... Matt's earlier point with a lot of people doing a lot of different things, I don't think high mentality will really be the same. I think that the lack of social connection, like literal social connection with people will actually change consumer behavior, especially because you can't experience any of these things yeah. together. But it's also, it's also, it's beyond the 9-11, you know, scenario where this is an international crisis. I mean, this is not just going on in New York City, in the United States. This is international. And when I hear things, you know, last night before I, I watched Niall's show, uh, which I love, by the way, Camp Getaway, everybody, take take programming note. The show Bottom has line, a new sponsor. It does. <laughs> Bottom line is, though, when you hear things like Wuhan in China, where this all began, is starting to get fearful that a second wave is about to happen, even though they just cleared things up two, three, uh, one, two, three, maybe three weeks ago, they're starting to think about lockdown again because the fear is great that it's on its way back again because, A, it never left. So, you know, it, it. this is the fear around the world, unfortunately, and that's where, you know, we as the international hub in New York City have to worry about. Anyway, let's move on. So New York City I'm is a resilient... <laughs> well, yeah, New York City is a resilient city, a vibrant community of diversity and strength, there as I is. said at the top of the show. Uh, but we've overcome many tragedies, and we just talked about a, a couple of them, 9-11 being one, and obstacles that have shaped the fabric of all of us and all of our communities. But the COVID-19 pandemic instantly changed the way we do things, but it hasn't really changed who we are. So my question is, um, Matt Cohen, you know, how will we go forward? How will you go forward uh, with your new, you know, thoughts about all this in your business and, and most importantly, in your life? Because, you know, we can't have one or the other. It's, it's really both the way we work. Well, first of all, you know, on a, on a more personal social living level, I'm a major germaphobe and I'm very OCD. So if, if anything positive comes out of this, I'm actually very excited for not shaking hands. I'm very excited to, you know, <laughs> like to keep distance from people. I'm, I'm actually loving that idea. I, I think it would be great for the world. Um, number one, I think there are ways to show love outside of hugging. Um, but I also agree with what Devin said, you know, earlier is, that brokers Anna, are he's very, lying, Anna. He's lying. I know. I'm, I can't wait to hug you, Maddie. <laughs> you know, real estate agents are a very interesting form of people. And we're, we work in a very interesting industry. And one thing that we're able to do is we're able to really adapt in order to get things done. 
and, and accomplish things for people. And, and so as I think that as long as people are able to see that we can get things done in a safe manner, it'll it inspire and, and, you know, improve their confidence in the market. Yeah. Thus yeah. hopefully making it, you know, rise and, and increase. I think one of, you know, two big things that I've been trying to do is really talk to a lot of people during this since we don't, you know, we have all the time in the world. And um, one interesting thing that I found is from lenders is they've had some of the busiest few weeks with new buyers getting pre-approvals, getting ready for whenever that market does reopen. And on the other hand, you know, we are a more tech heavy city these days and companies like Google and, you know, Amazon and Apple, they've all, you know, said that their their employees are working from home for the rest of the year, which which then makes you think it gives them more time to not only look for apartments if they want them, but it also gives them the job security to be able to buy. So I think it'll be an interesting sphere of the industry. On that note, my nephew works at NBC, NBC Sports, and has for, I don't know, four or five years since he's out of college. And he was they were all just told last week that NBC is closing down all uh, in-office activity for the next one year, effective just wow. the other day. So it's not even wow. for the end of the year. One full year, no one's going into their offices. They do not want any part of this pandemic. They can all work from home. And he's in sports, so he's on the production side. So, I mean, you know, if he's got to travel, he'll travel. But it, it's, a, it's one of those things. All right, listen, guys, we're going to take a break um, and come back after these messages uh, with the panel, with Devin, all of us. Don't go away. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, this is James Nelson. I'm a huge fan of Vince's show, and I'd like to invite you all now to listen to my show on the Voice America Network, Real Estate Investing, live from New York. I will teach you everything you need to know about investing and operating commercial real estate. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of TV and radio shows that deal with investing in the stock market, and yet almost none that cover exclusively commercial real estate. This is not a get-rich-quick or how-to-flip-home shows. I will teach you step-by-step how to source, acquire, improve, and profit from commercial real estate. Please tune in live to the Voice America Business Channel every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific. Thank you. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders. So you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access. All the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Every Saturday morning, listen for the Superstar Sports Talk Block on Voice America Variety. We've got the best programs. If you want to talk football, hunting, outdoors, racing, and more, the weekends belong to sports. And you'll find it every Saturday beginning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time. You'll hear from the players, owners, experts, and fans from around the world. It's the Saturday Superstar Sports Talk Block. Wow, that's a mouthful. And it's only on the Voice America Variety. Channel. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Everybody, we are back. Uh, so, as I said at the top of the show, all everything seems to have come to a crashing halt at one point, but deals have been continuing and deals are continuing to happen that are, that are brand new. In fact, I was talking to a Douglas Elliman uh, agent yesterday, and he said he and his partner have had several brand new deals uh, that they're working since this began. So, Devin, let me ask you, um, where are these deals happening Uh you know, new deals, not the ones that we've all been involved in po- uh, pre-COVID-19, uh, but where are these uh, new deals coming from? Any particular price points, any particular neighborhoods, et cetera, et cetera. New development versus resale, on and on. So not really any new development. I think we have had maybe one deal that's been new development. I think that's a an area that is a big question mark. Obviously, you're seeing a lot of the developers providing a lot of incentives, rent-to-buy options, um, but, you know, I think that it's a big risk for buyers, you know, to, to jump into. But we've seen deals mainly done in submarkets that have had historically a lot of demands. So in Williamsburg, Park Slope, um, you know, uh, areas of Manhattan, uh, but yeah. not some of the other, uh, you know, neighborhoods that have been somewhat bullish in the past few quarters and years. It's been very slow in those areas. Yeah, Anna Shagalov, how much um, how much negotiation are you seeing in in your world, if any, or that you're hearing some of some of your teammates or uh, other colleagues? Is there a lot of negotiation going on with deals that were already in play? Um, I haven't had anyone renegotiate. Um, I've heard a lot from other colleagues that they have, and not many have died, which is interesting. Um, but I've had, um, I've had a lot of uh, buyers come out of the woodwork and wanting to make offers on things that, were, that are ridiculously low. Um, I've also had one particular buyer make offers on two listings, both of which were, uh, were repriced very low and both of which went into a bidding war. Sight unseen. Two two listings over the two million mark, and um, it's it's completely unprecedented. It's I, it, there's no way. I mean, she's she's almost pissed off at me because I couldn't see it coming. I'm like, how how is anyone going to see that coming? I mean, it's crazy. So um, I think there are strategies that sellers are are putting into play, which are you know pricing low, but there has to be an apartment that that can uh, video really really well. It can't just be like a cookie cutter kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, people are definitely coming out of the woodwork and I'm, I'm, I'm having calls daily with new buyers, old buyers, sellers, everybody. Um, you know, what's so interesting. Uh, I had uh, the head of uh, Halstead Development Marketing on the show uh, last week, Steve Kligerman. And, you know, one of the things we chatted about was the high end market, which is always the market the last couple of years that has been flat. Uh, to, to so to speak, the high end market between five and ten million dollars, at least in the Halstead new development business, has been on fire hot, and deals have been happening in that price point. 
over 10 million, they've started mm-hmm. falling off the cliff again. So to Devin's point, yeah, I 1000% agree with him as far as the new development stuff is concerned. But how do you explain, you know, new dev where you can't really go into the apartment to see it? And he said some of it has been where they've seen the apartment prior to COVID-19 and some of it has been brand new. Who's buying a five plus million dollar apartment without seeing it? I mean, these are things that, you know, I'm stunned by. And when people ask for, you know, my opinion about stuff like that, I'm. I, I, what do you say? I mean, there are I, riders that are put in place now with, um, yeah, contingencies of, yeah. of seeing it first. So it's kind of like it's a meaningless deal until they actually see it. I mean, I think right. I, I do think that there are some people who are wanting to pull the money out of the market and place it in in real estate. So you might see that. I think it's people with a lot of disposable income, right? That they, they have that flexibility. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. To Anna's yeah. point. Uh, I think where you're seeing most of the retrading, or at least where I'm seeing the retrading, is really in the commercial sales investment market, right? Especially buildings that might have a retail or commercial component because that's severely impacted. And, you know, we do some investment sales and just about every single deal that we were in the midst of working on, we do some our internal syndications ourselves. Um, every one of those deals, there was a change, whether it be completely collapsing or you know, restructuring the deal um, because ultimately retail right now is completely paused, right? Uh, and commercial is a big question mark as well. So. Yeah. Jordan Shea, so uh, contingencies are expiring, you know, uh, as contract time drags on and on and on and on and on, uh, you know, more so than usual. What are you seeing or hearing again from your colleagues or your team members um, with regard to contingencies? Are sellers having problems extending them or are they just kind of getting extended, you know, uh, easily. No one has a problem with extending. I mean, at this juncture, what is your option? You're going to go to market with something, yeah. the product yeah. can't be shown. Right. Um, and if you are showing it, I mean, I know that there are some agents, there are a fair amount of agents who are, you know, paying off the doorman or going into like these apartments and doing whatever, and they're being safe, yada, yada, yada. The fact of the matter is that's a, that's a minority of, of persons. Most people are respectful and just realize you can't work. So, to lose a contract over an expired contingency is frankly just foolhardy. And, and most people are pretty logical about that. Sellers yeah. know that this is not their market and no one's flexing now with their attorneys. Everybody's working, you know, alongside one another to consummate the deal. Yeah. And the deals get retraded, sure. Um, of course they do. This is like it's common sense because everybody can look at the economic crash prior and see what things are going to go for in the next year. And um, they're far off of what they were, you know, this time. So I don't know, but I, I don't, I, no one's really, you know, holding people to it. What would be the point? It's a lot. Tracy Hammersley. So uh, in your particular business, I mean, how much negotiation are you seeing and what about contingencies? I mean, I agree with Jordan. I mean, you're foolhearted to, to kind of push that off because of ego or, or pride, whatever a deal is a deal, as long as it's on paper and, and you can get it to closing. What are you seeing on your side of the fence? Well, I completely agree. And the same thing that there is a degree of reasonableness. Um, people are being rational and understanding that we all don't know what we don't know. And you have to be flexible and work with things But yes, I, unlike Anna, and having some buyers come back, <clears throat> excuse me, and renegotiate. We had an amazing deal, contracts ready to be signed, basically March 12th. And these buyers are still with us. They've got a very lovely professional broker. They're in the market. Um, we have every expectation that they will sign, but I think they're going to be renegotiating. Um, so it's amazing. To what you were saying earlier at the show too, Vince, you know, the old saw time kills all deals really hasn't applied for a while, but especially now. I mean, it could take six to eight months to be working on some things. And um, are you guys, I have a question for everyone. Are you guys bringing new listings to market now? Because our team still is, both rental and sales. I'm bringing them to futures. I'm not bringing them to market, no. Like I'm bringing rentals to market. No sales? So mine's no, right a mix. Now. I'm actually giving my advice to sellers and some of them want to list right now and, and get eyes on their listings before we can actually start showing. So you almost have like that, you know, urgency they're hoping. And some, you know, we're just saying as soon as they give us a more clear date, we'll, you know, be a few days before it. 
See, I'm, I'm thinking just the opposite. So I don't want these things seen. And this is just my strategy. I'd rather when we get the green light to put it out there, it's brand spanking new. It's ready to go. Come and grab it. Uh, but everybody has their own strategy. And listen, we're, we're all seller driven. So whatever, whatever our sellers want, you know, I would be much more frustrated to know I have a listing out there. I mean, I do, but I have not put anything new out there that I can't show or I can't video or that I can't, you know, create a virtual tour. So I would rather just kind of lay low and let it stay. Anyway, we're coming back. We're live on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. I am Vince Rocco. We will be right back. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. At Halstead, we know that what moves you is important. We're all about the power of transformation. We're revolutionizing the way people live and work. We are agents of change. We are the deal makers. We are the fearless negotiators. We are the future builders, so you can move to what moves you. I'm Jeff Goodman at Halstead, and I love Vince's show. I host a program of my own, but not about real estate. Rediscovering New York is about our city's great neighborhoods, their history, texture, and their current vibe through interviews with historians, business owners, and interesting neighborhood personalities. We're broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc and available on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcasts. Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. I bring the city's great neighborhoods to life. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Everybody, we are back with Devin Somak from Living New York, Phil Horrigan, Freely, and LeaseBreak.com, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, Anna Shagalov, uh, Halstead, Matthew Cohen, Halstead, and Jordan Shea from Douglas Elliman. Mr. Freely, leasebreak.com, Phil Horrigan. Yes. So give us an update on the rental market today and where we are with listings and how many people are renting. So I wanted to make a comment about pricing. Um, and I'd like to hear Devin's comment on this too for rentals. But <clears throat> my sense is some landlords are in a sort of a wait and see. They don't want to necessarily put their stuff on the market now in the middle of a pandemic because they're hoping things will settle down. However, if you're looking to break your lease, you don't have that option. So what we're seeing is people that have to break their lease, they have five months, four months left. I'm seeing deals I've, I've not seen since I started the company. So if anyone's looking for a rental or you have clients and you want like a good deal, I'm seeing, you know, $6,000 apartments going for 4,500. Uh, people are looking to get out of these leases and the tenants, the, the current tenants are looking to take the fall for that. They're looking to, they just want to get out, you know? So I'm really seeing that. The other thing I want to mention is that, and this is good news, is that every week for the last two or three weeks, I am seeing big traffic increases week over week. So that tells me that we hit a bottom a couple of weeks ago, and I'm seeing like just steady increase. Um, so you guys, are, uh, Devin, you're probably seeing this too a little bit, and, and some of you, are, I'm sure you're all seeing it a little bit, that people are starting to come out of the woodwork, but I'm seeing it on the traffic and just the overall traffic to lease break. That's a great sign because for a while there, it was going down, 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 and now it's going up, 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 up. I mean, I think it also is, you know, in part two because of the rental season now is picking back up, right? We're, we're in May, so the leases tend to be on that, that rental uh, period, that rental pattern. Uh, so the demand is still there, but you're, Phil, you're, you're absolutely on point with, you know, a lot of these lease breaks that you're seeing with, with uh, tenants in place that have no intention to move back into the city for six plus months, year, you know, they could be locked into a long-term lease. So they'll, you know, they'll take a, they'll take a decrease in their current rent just to get somebody in there to offset some of that cost. Uh, what you're seeing, what we're seeing with a lot of our landlords, just like you saw in, in 08 and 09, is they're pushing concessions more than they're pushing pricing, right? So uh, you're seeing maybe free rent, uh, OP structures, uh, promotions that are, that are being put in place with a lot of these owners. 
Um, but we are seeing inventory coming to market. They're not holding back, um, you know, because that's just vacancy loss. Um, right. And it's been really interesting with the site on scene because, you know, a lot of my agents do, um, you know, we list apartments while they're occupied, right? You can't show, of course. But uh, tenants have been very cooperative in, in helping by taking videos um, of their units. Uh, and then we put in, you know, sight on scene absentee riders and leases uh, to protect the landlord, uh, you know, um, for that tenant once, once they move in. Um, but we're seeing activity and with you, uh, definitely increased activity. Um, Matt, what are you seeing, if, if anything, uh, on the financing side today? I, I'm hearing good things. I'm hearing mixed things. I'm hearing bad things. You know, the, the time to, to close is taking months and months and months. What are you hearing in your particular deals ongoing uh, with regard to financing across the board? You know, all banks, all, all brokers, et cetera. Well, I actually, um, I just like Anna, I've had a little bit of new business too through this. And, and I actually, I, I'm about to get a contract out today um, and they're financing. And not only are they financing, but the seller was actually much more willing to give them a larger financing contingency based on what's going on in the world, as well as a longer financing contingency. So, you know, what's going on is we're finding that a lot of underwriting a lot of banks are taking a little longer to get things underwritten. So, you know, that might mean having to extend the typical 30 day mortgage contingency to a 45, or I think you might even see a 60 day mortgage contingency in some new contracts. Um, well, I'm way, I'm way past 60 days already way past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and to what Anna said, I mean, it, that also coincides with this new COVID clause that a lot of transactions are having where, you know, buyers can go and see an apartment or a house within a certain amount of time after reopening. And if they don't like it or don't like something about it, they can back out, which is crazy, but it's also something that's a little more realistic. The, the biggest thing I've been hearing from lenders is that a lot of the bigger banks are tightening, um, you know, they're, even though interest are so low, interest rates are so low, not as many buyers these days can actually qualify for certain products because a lot of the bigger banks are tightening their structures on things like investment loans or jumbo investment loans. So it's an interesting time to see what's going on on the you know financial institution lending side. Tracy Hammersley, so my, uh, the uh, South Florida, Miami in particular marketplace, uh, I hear all kinds of things. What's happening in that market? Well, I'll tell you, Vince, I mean, just as I had mentioned earlier, you know, for a long time, people after the tax reforms came down, uh, people were looking at Florida as a no income tax state, but they were thinking, well, I, I can't just pick up and move my business. What am I going to do? And now in this time, people are realizing, oh, I can work from home. Actually, I could work from anywhere. Why not Florida? We are actually seeing both on the short term rental side as well as the purchase because the Florida market, South Florida market was softer than New York for several years anyway, and this was pre-COVID, and now, you know, we're really seeing a lot of opportunities and an increased interest, which I think is going to be interesting, especially as we are in Dade and Broward County, Miami, Hollywood, Fort Lauderdale, um, we are kind of on par with New York as far as sheltering in place and, and, and the restrictions, but things are slowly lifting, like golf courses being reopened, hooray, and the beaches are probably not going to be open for a while, which is still a big draw. But I'm, I'm talking to both friends and clients about what the, the climate is like. The temperature is certainly amazing. No snow flurries in midnight here. And uh, so we are seeing a, an increased interest in, in South Florida, Miami in particular. And you should come. You should all come. It's awesome. Devin, so let me ask you a question uh, with regard to um, technology. Obviously, we're Zooming today for Voice America. How has technology helped your agents continue their deals more so than ever before, or has it not? Well, absolutely. Um, I mean, we're not only seeing the the agents utilizing technology now, but also planning for the future, right? There are a lot of tech solutions companies that provide, you know, keyless entry solutions where you can monitor people getting in and out of the buildings. You can control that as an as an agent, right? Uh, and I think that evolution, right? You know, tech was, you know, the was severely impacting the industry in the recent years, I think in a positive way, but I think this accelerated that, right? Uh, now we're at a point where agents are, are reaching for it rather than waiting for it to come. Uh, and so a lot of my agents are reaching out and saying, hey, we should ch check this, you know, this solution out. We should, you know, pilot this. And I think it's, 
uh, you know, been very interesting to see, you know, how the landscape has changed just in a few months. Yeah, I agree. Phil Horgan, any comments on that? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued with video. Um, I just feel I, I might have mentioned this last time or I might have been on another call, but there is if a video is done well, like a one minute video of an apartment, you could do it yourself. And if it's done well, there is not a more transparent way to see an apartment. I mean, it's, it just really gives the renter or the buyer a sense of that place. I know agents are hesitant because, look, let's face it, an iPhone video isn't great to put on your listing, right? When you have this gorgeous listing and now you have this iPhone video. Um, but I have to say, it's so transparent. And I do wonder if it's going to change behavior, if renters and buyers are going to be requesting this before they see an apartment. I've always wondered why video wasn't more prevalent in, in New York City real estate. I mean, why would you waste your time in seeing all these apartments when you could see a really good video of an apartment first? It just seems like it makes the most sense. And, and, well, I think and we have many true. in our town who do extraordinarily good uh, videos, you know, but here, you know, my two cents on all of the technology is yes, I agree. I mean, it's absolutely necessary and we will continue. It's going to change our lives. But I come from the, the, the old school world where we sold new condo developments way back in 2006, seven and eight off of floor plans in an off-site sales office. Yes, With there's no a lot of that still happening. No drone views. You don't know what you're looking no, at. No anything views. You bought off the floor plan. So if people had the wherewithal to purchase an apartment off the floor plan, I think today, moving forward, with videos and virtual tours and drone footage and all of that stuff, you're going to get a very good sense. So my, my question always has been the last two months, well, so why are people carrying on about, well, I can't see it, I can't see it, I can't see it. You didn't see it 10 years ago or 12 years ago. Okay. You, 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 you took a chance. You signed a contract. You deposited your 10%. And off you went until the building was finished. And then you hoped during closing that it was going to be everything that you were told it was going to be and then some. So, you know, it's, it's a matter of where we've come in our life and how sophisticated we've come in our life with technology that, yes, even though we have sales offices today, you know, unless they people can see what places look like, look out the window, breathe the space. It's been difficult. So, you know, uh, my feeling is we'll get back to selling all of these things. And I think uh, technology is going to help us absolutely 100%. Unfortunately, as every week, we are out of time. So that is our broadcast for today. Thank you for joining us. You can follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, or Instagram at Vince Rocco. Stay home, stay safe, stop the spread, and of all Please be kind to one another. Keep your eyes on the stars, but keep your feet on the ground. For all of us at Voice America all around the world, thank you for joining us, and I will see you next time. Good luck and be well. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones.